once upon a time, in a world with faith and fairness, there was something hidden. Down the boundary! He's gonna go! Grab his lead! Pitch on the way for Mikulacic. We got a miss! Mikulacic gets the strikeout! And for the first time in school history, the Bearcats are going to the Super Regionals! Get ready for a next-level show. Hello and welcome to Chasing the Cup. I'm your host, Jason Barfield. We are down to the Sweet 16 of our Bearcat Moments Bracket. And we're going to be talking to a few of the players who were involved in some of those memorable moments. And today we are chatting with Keith Stein. Stein was a member of the 2007-2008 Bearcat baseball team and really created one of the most memorable moments, especially for me in the 2008 tournament with his walk-off home run against Corpus in the semifinals. We're going to talk to him about that, plus just a little bit about his life at Sam Houston and uh, some of the memorable moments that he had as a Bearcat. All of that coming up here in just a moment on Chasing the Cup. Season tickets for the 2020 football season are on sale now. Secure your seats today and ensure you have the best view as the Cats look to claim a Southland Conference title. The Bearcats will play five games at Bauer Stadium this season, and as always, your season ticket will guarantee your spot at the Battle of the Piney Woods. You won't want to miss the action at NRG Stadium as the Bearcats look to make it 10 straight wins over SFA. To purchase your tickets, log on to GoBearcats.com slash tickets or call the Athletic Ticket Office at 936-294-1729 and we will see you at Bowers Stadium this fall. Eat them up, cats. Welcome back to Chasing the Cup. Jason Barfield here and I'm joined now by Keith Stein. And uh, Keith played for the Bearcats back, what, 2007, 2008 for you? Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, um, Keith. I don't know if you if you've seen or not, but we've been doing our our bracket countdown of the top moments, players, games, achievements over the last thirty some odd years in Bearcat athletic history. And um, you know, your home run was on the bracket. Um, so yeah, uh, I heard I got beat out. Yeah, I yeah, got beat out. Yeah, you lost. But um, one of the other things that you were part of. Uh, is a 13-game winning streak that the uh, the baseball team had in the Southland Conference tournament that uh, no other Southland team has done. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but let's just talk a little bit about just your baseball career and what uh, what got you to Sam Houston uh, when you were making that decision to, uh, to change schools and, you know, what was it about Sam Houston that really said, this is where I want to take my baseball career? Well, when, you know, I left, you left A&M after my sophomore year and, and I was kind of at a crossroads for myself. You know, I, I, my sophomore year, for lack of better terms, was hell. I, you know, I didn't like going to the ballpark. I didn't have fun, and it it kind of drove me insane. And I was torn because, I mean, born and raised College Station, my entire family's Aggies, and so you know, I didn't know what my next step was going to be. Stepping away from stepping away from A and M, stepping away from baseball, and then you know, I, you know, somebody's looking out for me and. And, you know, Coach Johnson, when, you know, when he got that job at Sam, you know, he told me, <laughs> he, he called me the day he took the job. And, 
you know, they asked me if I'd be interested in coming over and just kind of seeing what everything was about and, and, and talking to some people. And, and, you know, Coach Johnson's one of those guys that when he asks you to do something, you know, you, you, you have a hard time saying no. And, uh, and heck, I, when I came over, I came over to Huntsville, it was absolute, it was a downpour rain. So I, I didn't get to see any basic, I kind of drove around the campus. Uh, there was nobody on campus. I was me and girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, oh, I think seven, eight years, seven years. Yeah, I better know that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we drove over here and, and sat down and talked to Coach Johnson. And, you know, he told me, uh, you know, hey, you're my guy. I, you know, I, I recruited you for a reason over at A&M. I want you to follow me over here. Uh, you know, it's, this is going to be a uphill battle. But, you know, we've, we've got good administration, good uh, good support. You know, this is something we want to build, and I would I want to do it together. And and heck, I was, you know, he, you know, he sold me right there. But he, he, you know, one thing he told me was he goes, first thing I want you to do after you leave my office is I'm walking you over to Chris Thompson's office, and I want you to sit down uh, with Chris Thompson, who's an you know she's uh, assistant athletic director. You know, she was my academic advisor, and she sat me down, and it was exactly what I needed at that time was man, hey, you're, you're, you're not, if you come here, you're not coming here to play baseball. That's going to be extra. You're coming here to graduate and you're going to just, you know, this is, this is the plan. Here's where, where we're going. Here's how we're going to do it. And when she did that, I could, I could feel my wife do one of those slow head turns, her <laughs> girlfriend, but Bailey did a slow head turn and just kind of stared at me wide eyed. And I was like, you know what? I, I get it. I, I, you know, and, and she was, she was the decide, you know, one of the biggest deciding factors for me was was Chris Thompson because I, you know, I, I was I knew it was going to be an uphill battle when I transferred. I lost thirty one hours, so or thirty one credits. So my first semester when I got to Sam, heck, I had to I had to take twenty one or twenty four credits just to be eligible for the spring. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, it, it you know it, that first semester was was nothing but school you know school baseball school baseball school baseball and and uh and actually ended up being my best academic semester i had in college was was that semester <laughs> and i just you know, you know I, I did everything mr you know coach Thompson told me to and and she was on me the entire time and it just uh it, it, it was a perfect match for me at the right time with not only you know coach johnson you know it, it, there's not enough I, I can sit here and talk for hours about that man and not, not be able to say exactly what I want to say, how great a man he is, you know, that, and that's just, you know, he's, you know, 10 times the man he is a coach. So it's, uh, you know, I had, I had a perfect setup there for me. Um, and then, you know, Thompson had me by the year and, and <laughs> made sure that I was doing the right things academically and in the right spots and, and had the, you know, right things to succeed. And it was just, it was a match made in heaven. And once I got to Huntsville, I, I fell in love with it. So it was you, Austin Boggs, Todd Seebeck, uh, three guys who had played at A&M who came mm-hmm. over. Um, did you, did all three of y'all, did y'all do this individually? Did you, you know, did the three of you talk before you came over? Kind of what was that process? Was there really much interaction with you guys when y'all were deciding to make this move? Well, you know, me and Todd, uh, you know, pretty much said the exact same thing happened to us. You know, I, I can't speak, you know, I'm not going to speak for Todd in the fact that I don't know exactly who else he was talking to. Um, you know, I, I had talked to Arkansas a couple of times. I had talk, I, I talked to Texas actually one time 
uh, it was just, uh, you know, it, it was phone calls here and there, just kind of, you know, that we would keep in touch, uh, to, you know, throughout the summer leagues and stuff like that. Me and Todd, uh, you know, Austin, Austin actually didn't come in until semester. So he, uh, you know, he spent the fall there at A&M and then came over at semester. And, uh, but, you know, Todd, Todd, you know, he, I think he committed either the day before, you know, committed to Coach Johnson and, and the Bearcats, uh, the day before I did or the same day, I, I'm not, uh, you know, thinking back on it, we, but it, once we both, uh, you know, both committed, you know, you know, playing under coach Johnson again, I think it was both a, you know, one of those fresh, you know, fresh air, you know, the breath of fresh air that, you know, both of us needed. And, and then, you know, and then we knew, we, we knew coming over with coach Johnson that, that, you know, the, there's gonna be a lot of stuff thrown on our shoulders because we knew how how he wanted the his business run, how he wanted to run the team. But I mean, it, it, it was uh it was a good it was it was a good communication. And then Austin came over it and uh, came over at semester and filled in a a perfect spot over there at third base and 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 fit in perfectly with all the guys. And it just it, I mean everything everything just fit per, it was perfect puzzle pieces at at, at all the right times. And things clicked for you that first year. I mean, well, you go back and you look at the numbers. It's almost mind-boggling looking at some of the numbers you guys put up that year. But you hit 404 with 103 hits, which at the time was the single-season school record. What I mean, was it just being comfortable playing baseball again? What was it for you? Well, see, that's that. What's funny about that is. There was about, I think about we were nine or ten games in the year, and I was hitting right around 200. I was not hitting well. I was trying to do too much. I was trying to do those, you know, just uh, you know, put a lot of pressure on myself. But then I was, I was trying to be something that I wasn't. You know, I, I had to understand that I was five ten, one sixty five. I had to play five ten, one sixty five. I had to play my game. I couldn't act like I was six two, two fifty, and and try and hit home runs or do anything like that. Well. I, you know, I was hitting 200. Well, Coach Johnson actually brought me in his office, and he goes, Keith, you have a beautiful swing, hey, and you're my guy. I want to play you. But I can't keep a 200 bat in my lineup. I, you, you miss hit too many balls. So I'm just letting you know you're not playing Friday night. Hey, I'm benching you Friday night. I want you to figure it out. Hey, I want you to figure out I don't care what you do. As long as you start squaring the ball up, Hey, you're going to be in the lineup, but until you can do that consistently, I can't. I uh, the argument of keeping you in the lineup is not helping. It's not working, and I was mad. I got I got benched. I got benched the first game against I think it was UT Pan Am, and it was a Friday night game. And you know, so I I was not in a good mood because I, I was beating myself up. And <laughs> we go out, and I got to throw away at bat in the ninth, or excuse me, in the bottom of the eighth inning because we were up 20 to one at the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching this game kind of like, like go out, you know, like kind of like work its way out. And we're up 20 runs at one time. And I'm sitting there like in my head going, God, this seems good. We don't, they don't even need me. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a cog. So I actually, I, you know, I, I was mad when I got that kind of throw away at that. And, uh, you know, later on, the, you know, in the bottom of the eighth, and I was like, you know what, if you want me to square the ball up, 
it's fine. And I stood in the box and I go, I'm just going to play pepper with the pitcher right here. All I'm worried about is if I score it up, I'm happy. Well, I end up just absolutely smoking a ball in the right center for a gap. And just because, and I felt like I, you know, just it was one of those ones where all I did was, hey, I'm just going to contact and that's it. Well, I smoke a ball in the right center. Well, during, d- during the next game, during, during the next game, during batting practice or something like that, somebody, the, the guy that was going to start took a ball in the ankle, like during batting practice or something. And so, so that's the only reason I got to start that Saturday game. We'll end up going four for five that game. And then by doing the same thing, and the only reason I got out is because I tried to actually, I tried to be, okay, well, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm going to try and get big and, and try and drive the ball. And I ended up striking out. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, you know, and then things just kind of worked them, worked this, this self out where I kind of, you know, and I, you know, I've been coaching for the past 10 years, you know, I'm the definition of getting over myself. You know, if a player can get over themselves and just kind of play the game, you know, and, and simplify it, man, <laughs> there's no telling to what, what could happen. And then, you know, I, I just started getting just, I just started squaring the ball up, squaring the ball up, squaring, you know, and this is just so happened that I get two, you know, hit here, two hits here, you know, three hit game and just kind of moving on. And then everything kind of started to make sense for me. I started having fun playing baseball again. You know, it's funny when you look at that, that 2017 for you guys, you know, a lot of people don't remember that that was a fourth place team in the regular season. And, you know, when I, when I went back and I was looking over the schedule, I'd forgotten how big a swings you guys had. I mean, you know, going back and looking, you get swept at home by Lamar and then you turn around and you go to McNeese and you sweep McNeese and then you come back home and you get swept at home by UTSA. And then you go back on the road and you sweep Northwestern state at Northwestern state so, I mean, it was what you would expect to happen in baseball was flipped. You guys were getting swept at home. You're winning your games on the road. Uh, you have a three-game sweep at home against Southeastern Louisiana. But then the last game of the season, you guys are at SFA, and you'll lose 19-5 to um, to finish out the regular season. Just kind of what was the mindset of the team, you know, coming off a two-out-of-three loss to SFA and a 19-5 loss to finish out the regular season? You know, I, you know, looking back on it, it was one of those ones where we never got too high and we never got too low. You know, like so. I mean, we were always. It was we didn't take the defeat. We didn't, by no means did we like losing, but Johnson always had a way for us to learn from every loss. So it was never a you know we're not doing this, we're not doing this, we're not doing this. It's a you know if we put ourselves in this situation where we, you know, don't walk this batter and then give up a double or, you know, we have an error and a, we have an error, a walk and then a three run shot. Like, well, we, we gave up a, we, we gave up, we gave up an out there. We don't throw strikes. And then the one strike we do, you know, we do, they, they hit a three run homer. So it was, it, it, he was getting us we, throughout the entire year. He, he always pointed out where, you know, where the runs came from and how they came. And so if you go back and look at a lot of those games, you know, he's able to, he would, he would, you know, he has his little clipboard in his list and he's sitting there going, okay, we had walk, walk, air, you know, two run double, you know, say you have a, you know, have just the air and not the walk, you know, now it's now instead of it being a two run double, now it's second and third and, and, you know, the next guy comes up and strikes out. So it just, it, it gave us a, 
it gave us perspective within the game instead of just just looking at okay well it's a 19 to 4 loss yeah well how many of those runs are unearned how many of those runs could have been prevented and then offense what you know what adjustments could we we have made earlier you know were we point where were you trying to hit a you know five run home run when when we're down by seven you know something stupid like that but it's it's you know it's passing the bat back and you know understanding okay well it's it's not going to take you know one guy it's going to take it's stringing things together and passing the bat back to the next guy and to the next guy and the next guy and you know it, and you start looking at you know not only the conference tournament but then into into regionals when we went to oxford then it, it all we that's all we did you know it's you know we, we prevented runs we prevented the easy runs in uh when we went to natchitoches for uh for the uh for the conference tournament there in North, Northwestern State, um, and then you know when we went to uh, went to went to Oxford, we just passed the bat back. Anytime we got down, it was we never had the, you know, you know Bobby would have you know every now and then would have you know, you know crush balls in the gap, but he'd always come up with runners on base. He'd always come up and in, in, in certain situations and then put a ball in the gap. You know, it's it's just you you pass the bat back and. And, and just string things together. And now a five-run deficit doesn't seem so dang big. When you look at that tournament, you guys opened with Texas State, uh, a team that had taken two out of three from y'all. In the three-game series, you only scored two runs against them total. And mm-hmm. one of them was in a one-to-nothing win. So you really hadn't had a whole lot of success. Y'all go out and you beat them three-to-one, and that game actually is the start of – the winning streak in conference tournament play. Um, how, how big was it to knock those guys off in that first game of the tournament? Well, so the, their starting pitcher was Justin Fisk, and he was actually a guy that I played high school ball with here in College Station at Consolidated. And, he, I mean, he was a left-handed pitcher. You know, he threw, you know, mid-80s, nothing crazy, but he was great at spotting balls and mixing balls up. And, you know, it, it was one of those things that are, you know, what I just talked about where our defense and, and pitching, our, you know, pitching was great. I think, I think Howard started that game and, I mean, he threw lights out, but he was, it, it was a, it was, you know, he was throwing outs and we were getting the outs where we needed to. We weren't giving up free bases and, and, you know, we, we were, you know, throwing, you know, heck, they had Goldsmith on that team. And, uh, <laughs> and so you had to pitch around him because he could hit a little. Yeah, he he's he's not bad, and you know, put a a little bat in his a, hands. A bat in his hands, so the, the bat's too dang light for him. I so I, I still think the farthest home run ever hit at the dawn was was Goldschmidt. Um, I don't know if you remember the ball he hit. Um, yeah, over, I didn't move over the batter's eye about yeah. you know three fourths of the way up the pine trees out in center field. <laughs> well, he hit it. I, mean, I I remember that because I I hit it and I I just turned my hip. Because <laughs> like, I knew, like I didn't, you know, I was already playing deep enough as it was, and I knew it burned me, and so I just kind of watched it go, and then I turned around and I, like, I'm glad I was alone and there's not TV cameras or anything <laughs> like that because I was out there just laughing. It was ridiculous. <laughs> was just, it, it, it's, uh, I hadn't seen anything like that at the dawn ever since. <laughs> oh yeah, so you know, it, but you know, it, but it was one of those Bobby, you know, Burbick came up and he was clutch all year and. And you know, I had had runners. I think it at, at I think I was on first, and and maybe Todd were, or no, you know, it was Clint Mann or somebody like that at second base, and you know, he ends up uh, turning on or sitting on a changeup and puts it right down the left field line. And, and I think 
you know, I think I think it was myself that scored from first base, and and you know, which got it got us to three to one, and and you know, and then you give the ball to Perhota, and Perhota was you know insane that year. Guy guy was Greg Maddox with a fastball. He just spotted an eighty eight mile an hour fastball the entire year, and and was just unreal. To look so, at him, you'd have never thought he was a baseball player and a <laughs> dominant closer. Uh, it oh, just, unreal. You know, and uh, in, in fact, he's he's still alive in our bracket, uh, in our in our players region. Um, Prohoda was the three seed uh, for for winning the closer, the stopper of the year. Oh, award. yeah, good. So he, oh. uh, he, he was the three seed. He is into the Sweet 16. He's got a matchup against Colton Kowser. Uh, who, of course, was Team USA this year for baseball. So a baseball-baseball matchup in the Sweet 16 of the players' region. So, you know, and you touched on Prohoda. Uh, What was it like playing behind that guy and knowing that you had this this stopper for y'all that could just come in and shut down a ball game? Well, you know, the best part about Luke when he came in, one, he's an emotional guy, and he just, you know, you fed off of his emotion. You know, he loved playing the game. He loved getting out there. You know, he, you know, some of the best things that ever were, you know, that were just from the team is whenever he's out there shagging balls during batting practice and he's going, just going crazy out there and, and, you know, screaming at everything and just having a great time. And so one, you know, you want to play hard for a guy like that behind him. But when he got in the, when he would come in, you know, I'm out there in center field. So I got a, I got a perfect dead on look of where he would spot ball, you know, be able to spot balls and do this. He uh, rarely, and, and I mean rarely, missed a spot. You know, you know, he he would be behind the plate and set up in a certain spot, and I'm talking, it would hit the mitt. You know, if he wanted the ball two balls off the plate, he'd throw a four seam fastball right there, and he lived off of that. He just lived on spotting up that fastball. He would throw, uh, I think he called it a slider, and it, it, you know, it was basically a a show me pitch to get back to his to get back to his fastball that he would just spot up. And the best part of it, he could hit both sides of the plate. He could go up in the zone. He'd go down in the zone. But he would he would work all parts of the plate, and he just didn't miss spots. So, you know, with, I think, Justin Hill, who's head coach at McNeese, now he is a pitching coach. And I, I knew he had a blast. He, he, you know, he just had to call one pitch. But he got to sit up there and go, okay, I want it right here, there. And he, you know, he would put his, put his mitt down, the ball would pop it, and it, it was just awesome. It was just awesome being behind him because and me, me being an outfielder, and one of my pet peeves is you know I, I, pitchers not throwing strikes. I couldn't stand pitchers not throwing strikes. I you know just throw throw twenty seven fly balls in center field. I'll catch them all. Let's let's win a ball game. That's all I wanted. And but Luke would come in and throw ninety nine percent strikes. And if he missed on a, if he missed a ball, then it was usually the umpire missing a call. <laughs> When you look at the tournament, uh, another close game against Lamar, uh, 5-4 win against Lamar that second day, and then y'all go through UTSA, a team that had swept y'all during the year. Mm-hmm. Lamar, uh, a team that had swept y'all during the year. Um, you know, what gave you guys the confidence at that point in the season to know that despite what had happened the regular season, y'all could still work your way through them and get into the championship? Uh, Coach, you know, Coach Johnson, uh, he, you know, he has a, all his sayings that he talks about. And one, one of his biggest ones that he talked about was preparing for your moment. You know, basically, you know, whether it's practice or, you know, whatever you're doing, you're preparing for 
your certain moment. You know, in every game, every every player has their moment. And if you prepared for your moment, it's just another moment. It's never too big. It's never too small. It's just another play in the game. And then when you look back on it, it can be, you know, it, it can be the biggest thing in the world. And I, I truly believe that that's something that – that uh, that this team bought into because everybody you know started buying into their completely buying into their roles. You know, pitches with throwing strikes. We're playing great defense behind them. You know, even with that, you know, one thing that's not that's not said throughout that tournament. You talked about Todd earlier. Todd was basically on his deathbed sick during that tournament. And so I don't. I, I want to say he didn't even play. A, he didn't play a pitch. So you know, Aaron Cook came in and pl- ended up playing uh, playing right field and. I mean, the man, you couldn't ask more from a guy that's, I don't know if he'd ever played outfield in his life, but, you know, just, he was making plays. You know, I think he, I want to say he hit like 400 on the weekend, you know, just he, 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 he had been preparing all year for that moment and took, I mean, took full advantage of it. And, you know, you, you got pitchers that went in there and they were throwing a bunch of strikes. So we weren't giving up free runs. We weren't giving up a bunch of, a bunch of runs. And then we doing just, you know, spot hitting. You know, it, it, you know we, we, if you look, I think we hit 320 or 330 as a team. But, you know, other than, other than Bobby Verbeck, who, who put up all American numbers, you know, I look, you look at my 100 hits, uh, you know, 100, what, 103, 104 hits? 103. I had 90, yeah, I had a 93 singles or 92 <laughs> singles. You know, it was never, uh, you know, it was until my, it wasn't until my senior year that I actually, you know, put the ball in the gap and started doing these things. But I knew that if I got on first base, you know, heck, you know, that's not including all my, all my walks. You know, heck, first base was always occupied for Bobby. So I knew if I did my job, Bobby was going to get a chance to swing the bat. And if Bobby got a chance to swing the bat, good luck. You know, don't throw him a strike because he is going to square it up and it is going to be hit hard somewhere. And he so, really made himself an All-American probably those last three to four weeks of the reg- of the season oh, yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. And he just, you know, he's so clutch, but he, you know, he got put in those, you know, Clint Mann was let off, uh, you know, the second half of the year. He let off most of the year. You know, he only hit like 270 on the year, but he had like a 410 on base percentage. The guy worked the count and did a perfect job as a leadoff hitter. You know, and then, you know, it, you know, it, I, I got to, I got to, you know, luckily be in that two hole, you know, second half of the year. And, you know, I, I had single after single, or, or I was able to put down a sack blunt, and then that put Bobby and Bobby and, and Kralo and, and, and a couple other guys in a chance to, heck, good luck going through the middle of order. I think it was, I think, you know, Bobby hit, you know, Bobby was hitting 370 with 14 homers. Kralo was, you know, Kralo was steady at 360 with, with, I think he had 10 homers. Uh, then you got Zaleski, who's, who's, who's a presence all himself with, with, uh, with doing what he did all year. And that's not including, you know, Heath and Heath, Heath and all those guys and Ryan Trevino, all those guys moving on down the line. You know, it, it was a, it, there wasn't a hole and you, because every guy bought into what their role was in the lineup. And so it made it a whole lot of fun to watch each guy kind of, come up and do this thing. You know, one of the things when I talk to guys, uh, baseball is they say, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you, you don't remember over the course of a season over the course of your career. But, you know, looking back, the dog pile is one of the things you never forget. What do you remember about beating Texas state in the championship? So, (laughs) 
So I, I, I was lucky enough where I, I caught those final outs. I knew we were getting close. You know, we were going to the ninth inning. And Perhoda, Perhoda was, I want to say, he was on his eighth or ninth inning pitch. Like, he, we, we threw the hell out of him that weekend. He was maybe throwing 82 miles an hour because he was so tired. But And I found this out. I found this out later on is, you know, I think he got up and he walked a guy, you know, had one of those – one some walk or something like that with two outs in the night and coach johnson came out and talked to him and he talked to him alone and i i, I want to say maybe he too was with him but he was talking to him alone and the message was to Prohoda, hey when you get this final out don't be at the bottom of the dog pile <laughs> and and i found this out later and i go how much confidence do you have to have <laughs> to sit up there and just go hey when you get this final out don't be at the bottom of a dog pile. Because that's, that's the tying run that's at the plate. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and then, and then you know, he throws two pitches, and the guy, the guy is up and absolutely freaking smokes the ball to center field. And and, and you know, and I'm right there, and I go, okay. I took two steps back, and I go, I'm gonna catch this ball. I'm gonna catch this ball. And I put both hands. I, I, Johnson got mad at me because I put both hands in the air. <laughs> Before I even caught the ball, and I caught it with one hand, basically running in, and and it's just it it was such a surreal feeling because of everything that everything that that team had been through, and just kind of how much they bought in and, and were selfless and and had so much fun just playing the game, having you know having each other's backs, like just you know with with you know I talked about Aaron earlier, Aaron, you know you know, filling in a role and then take, making the most of his moment and doing everything like that. Our pitching staff was unreal that weekend. And then you got, then you got Bobby and, and Holzbeck and, and, and Trevino. Everybody was just filling in their roles just so perfectly that entire, that entire run we had there in, in Natchitoches. And man, it was just, it, it was a, it, it was awesome. So, we're, we're talking mostly conference tournament stuff here, but I do want to talk about the Southern Miss uh, tournament game in Oxford um, because, you know, for me, I was on the broadcast for that, and it still is one of my all-time favorite games to call. Um, you're actually involved in a couple of my all-time favorite games to call. <laughs> but, uh, but, but for that one, you know, you guys had gone out and you had beaten Troy the day before, and, um, you know, I, I think, I think Prohoda left it all out on the field in that game against oh, yeah. Troy. Um, and then, so you come back against Southern Miss, Southern Miss gets up on you guys and you know, they're, that they're doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, everybody had this thing pegged as a Southern Miss, Ole Miss regional and mm-hmm. you and Troy were just, uh, y'all were just the two extra parts of this thing. And, mm-hmm. um, to come back, I think you tie it in the seventh, tie it again in the eighth, tie it in the ninth. They take the lead in the tenth. You come back and tie in the bottom half. They take the lead again in the eleventh, and then y'all score two in the bottom of the eleventh to win it. Just what were the swing of emotions like in that uh, that uh, what was a twelve to eleven win in eleven innings? Well, it, you know, it, it's funny because you know we were down, I think, five in the seventh. Uh, you know, it's something. You know, it, it was it, a good amount in the seventh, and you know we made a pitch and change. And I want to say it was Stephen Price that came in. Uh, that you know he came in. He didn't have many innings on the year, 
but you know, while while I was out there, I had I had Bobby, you know, every you know, I had Todd come come in from right, and Bobby come in from left, and we're out there talking in center field, and and, and we we, we kind of got this, you know, I, I think Todd might have said it, or Bob, I think Bobby might have said it, where it was one of those ones where, man, we got a bunch of seniors on this team. It's you know, I, I hope I hope this isn't the last one. You know, it's not a you know, I don't. I don't want. It's a cool feeling to go out of here at Ole Miss, you know, in a in a regional. But man, I hope this isn't your last one. And then in seventh, you, you you just you know, as I as I talked about earlier, you 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 have that feeling where you have Keith Pugh come up and get a base hit, and Holzbach get a base hit, and then Clint Mann got on base, and then you know, I think I got a base hit with a couple RBIs, and then we just kind of we kind of plugged away here and there, here and there, here and there. I think well, it was I think it was seven to two going into the bottom mm-hmm. of the seventh, and okay. I, th- I think that I think that's what it was seven to two going to the bottom of the seventh. I think y'all got three runs in the bottom of the seventh to make it seven five, and then you get two in the bottom of the eight to tie it at seven. Yeah, and, and so but it was one of those exact you know we didn't have we, we did we had the big hit we had big old timely hit. Two out, so a it, ton it, yeah, of two of out hits. Oh, it was awesome, and, and that's you know, Coach Blair. You know, Coach Blair doesn't get enough credit for you know how he treated treated you know the offense in 07 and 08. You know, Coach Blair was you know he, he, he just unreal at talking. You know, he real real supportive, and he he wanted the best mentally out of you. You know, if you were a mentally strong hitter, then you could hit with two strikes. You could hit in big situations. Nothing was going to be you know, your mechanics, you know, mechanics be damned. It was one of those ones where you put the bat on the ball, you give yourself a chance. And, you know, with two outs, you get, <laughs> you get, you get guys that are just po- poking the ball through the obstacle hole. And it's, it, it's awesome because, you know, we, we always have certain rounds, you know, during batting practice where we, and, and we hated these rounds, but that's, you, you know, as a five, six or the four, three hole, you know, you go to the opposite, opposite field, uh, opposite field hole and you sat back and you had to drive the ball that away. Well, if you look at you look at Heath Pugh, you look at Jeremy Holzbach, you look at Clint Mann, you look at myself, you know, even even Bobby with two strikes, and we're just we're just shooting the hole, shooting the hole right back up the middle, right? You know, everything we had worked on in that year, you know, I talked about preparing for your moment. We had been preparing for that certain thing with two strikes and shooting the ball in these certain spots, and then we'd put a ball in the gap, and it it got us to where it just it, we were just plugging away. It was just so much fun. We, you know, and then, you know, what was it? The eleventh, uh, top of the eleventh. Prohoda came in, and it was a guy that it was a guy that was hitting like one thirty or one forty the, 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 on the, the nine hole hitter. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And he's hitting like one, he had maybe a home run. You know, hitting one forty on the year. He probably weighed about one forty as well. Hey, hey, there was nothing wrong with that. I was I was pretty darn <laughs> scrawny back in the day. But he hit a ball off of Prohoda, and then I was like, going, okay, this ball's not going to be me. That ball's not going to be me. And it clears the center field wall over 400 feet by, I, I guarantee it hit the top of the fence. <laughs> and I just I was like, are you kidding me? Like, we've done all this work for this guy, this random guy, to hit a ball off one of the best pitches I've ever been around. And it, it just, I was like, are you kidding me? And then, <laughs> and then so, so but, but we were within a run. And we had, I think we had six, seven, eight coming up the next inning. And it was, we just, you know, if we got an out, we, we put a sack bunt down. It was, we had a bunch of quality outs 
And then, you know, I, I was lucky enough to where I got two strikes on me. And, I, you know, it's funny about it. I can't remember the guy's name, but I actually, actually played pro ball with him in the Detroit organization. And he was the pitcher that I hit that two-strike pitch off that I tied the ball game up on. Um, but he was that guy. And he, uh, I, he, he didn't talk to me for like two weeks. He was so mad. <laughs> but, and then, I mean, heck, and then you got Bobby that comes up with, you know, I think he had bases loaded with, with one out and all he had to do to hit the winning run is, is you know, hit a sack fly. And I think he, had, he ended up hitting the ball off the left center of the wall or something like that. Just, yeah. Just crushed it. Yeah. And, and I, I felt so bad. I, I swear I, I might've, you know, broke one of, one of uh, coach Johnson's knuckles. Cause I was <laughs> on first base at that time when Bobby hit that ball. Cause I had just tied up the ball game to the left. I was on first base. And he hit that ball. No, you know what it was? It was to right center. He hit the ball to right center. And I took off running, and I knew it beat him. So I hit second base. And the first person I'm running up on is Coach Johnson. And he puts both fists out there for me to give him knuckles or, or give him a bump. And I, I gave him a double punch into both knuckles. <laughs> smoked him, huh? <laughs> oh, just smoked him. But – I just that you know you go back and look you know the, the cool thing that they did at the end of that series is or end of those, those games is they gave us all DVDs of those games mm-hmm. and one of the cool the, the one thing I met it doesn't have on there it doesn't have commentary but there's one part where where, where Clint Mann ends up scoring the win and run or something like that and how he runs across home plate that the the joy of watching him just pump his <laughs> arm was just. Oh, it, it still is one of those ones where I just I love watching that certain moment because it was like that the height was we were there it was so awesome. And then y'all had to turn right around and play Ole Miss. Well, and it, that's the frustrating part. Is so we turn right around and play Ole Miss, and we put up a five spot in the top of the first. <laughs> you people, I think people probably forget y'all scored thirteen runs in that game. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. you gave up twenty one. Well, we just, you know, our pitching staff was so depleted after after that entire weekend, you know, because we played so many innings and threw so many pitches, and you know, you you, you put up a five or six spot in the first, and then you know, that, Zach Cozart was on that team, and a couple other guys that were all Americans and played played in the big leagues for a while were on those teams, and you know, you, you walk a guy, and then they would hit a just massive two run homer, and it is just what, it, so you start back and forth with them and, and, you know, heck they had played two games. So they had an entire pitching staff. They were able to use the word, you know, we're throwing guys that are already thrown uh, you think, know, four, four or five innings. I think poor Jim Bob Ferris just, oh. just had to wear it out there for a little while. Cause there was just nobody who could go. <laughs> nobody, nobody. So he actually, he actually uh, lives a couple streets down from here. Right oh now. really? I get to see, yeah. I get to see Jim Bob every now and then. Very nice. Well, let's talk 2008. Um, you guys get to have the conference tournament here in Huntsville and, um, you know, kind of same, same situation. It was an up and down year in conference play. And, um, you know, you go in as the, as the number four seed again in the tournament, y'all get Northwestern state at home and y'all really put up some, you had some great pitching there in those first two games. And in fact, I think you might've gone back to back complete games from y'all starters, in those first oh, yeah. in those first two games against Northwestern State and uh A and M Corpus Christi, if I'm not mistaken. Um yeah. and so, you know, you guys just had to feel good. Yeah, Dallas Gallant 
um, got the start in game one against Northwestern State and got the win there. Um, and then just a big 13-2 win against A&M Corpus Christi in the second game. Y'all had to be feeling good about y'all's chances playing at home and getting those first two wins under your belt. Absolutely. I mean, you get to a spot where, you know, you get the pitching for it. I mean, we hit we, – we, we just straight up killed the ball that year. I think we hit 330 or 340 as a team or and just – I mean, another year where if we – you know, if we lost somebody from the year before, we plugged it in and they just had an even better year. So it was – it was – we that lineup was even more stupid than it was the year before. But then you get – you know, you get Dallas Gallant, who's a freshman, who'd come in there, and he had, you know, great arm, but, you know, finally started figuring it out towards the end of the year, and, and you give him the ball, and, and he, he has this little look in his eye where, he, you know, he, you don't talk to him, you don't, you, you don't, you kind of treat him as, a, you know, all the time as if he's throwing a no-hitter, because, you know, when he's in the zone, you just don't, you don't mess with his zone, and, you know, he went out there and straight up dealt, but then you got, you got, you know, then then we play Corpus Christi that that second game, and and you know when, when you put up 13 runs and and they're able to pitcher goes out there and throws strikes, and you get you get really comfortable in in the in the ability to just take a deep breath and just allow yourself to play. When you look at the semifinal game, then you guys have another game against Corpus, and Corpus, uh, I, I think they had kept y'all pretty off balance most of the night. Um, you know, I think it was y'all had one run through like the first six innings and um and were really struggling to get things going and then they get a big three run bomb to make it a uh a five two game late. And so y'all had to rally. Um and just do you remember kind of what the atmosphere was like around the dugout as y'all as y'all are now down five two late in that ball game? Yeah, so I mean it was it, 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 I, I don't remember who said it. And, you know, it might have been Blair because Blair would, you know, throw seeds in his mouth and kind of pace up and down the dugout. And, I, you know, I could have swore he said Southern Miss about 50 times where he just, you know, it was one of those ones, hey, we've been here before, been here before. And, he, you know, he's, he's sitting there pacing back and forth, just staring at the ground, not really talking to anybody, but talking to everybody. You know, so it's, you know, it's, hey, pass the bat back. We got to, you know, we got a good two strike hit and get ourselves in a good spot. You know, giving ourselves a chance and, you know, pretty much exactly what happened. I think we, you know, I want to say we in the eighth, seventh or eighth, we put up a two or three spot. Yeah, the eighth. Uh, I think you, yeah, you eighth, doubled. Put, you doubled yeah. to get things started. Verbic singled you home. Uh, Hammock reached on an error. Trevino tied it with a two-run single to center to, you know, to knock things up at uh, at five. Yeah, five, and then off of their know, closer, then, by the way. It, yeah, yeah, they came with the was, closer in the eighth. Oh yeah. And it's just, it, you know, it's, it's, it was one of those that, you know, we, we were able to just kind of pass again, what I said, it's just, you know, it, whoever prepared for their moment, they took full advantage of it. We had such good timely hitting, you know, late in ball games with two outs and, and, and it got to where, you know, we were able to, you know, we got to the ninth, you get, you get, you get Weber that came up and I, I want to say he worked a four pitch walk and, and Todd put down a, put down a, a perfect bunt to move him to, Move him to second, and I, you know they brought in this. They brought in the lefty to face me, and because they, they wanted to face me, they didn't want to face Verbeck. And then you know he hung a breaking ball, and I got a good piece of it. And then I'm going to tell had, you <laughs> before the uh, before the inning. So we're going into the bottom of the ninth, and um, I take the headsets off, and I've got a couple of guys that are running cameras with me in the booth, and um, 
And I look at him and I just told him, you're hitting third that inning. And mm-hmm. I just, I looked at him and I said, y'all, I have never called a walk-off home run before. It's about <laughs> to happen and Keith Stein's going to do it. And, no uh, way. Yes, yes. I, I have witnesses to that. <laughs> um, I, I called your home run. I told him you were going to be the one to do it. And uh, so I think because of that, because I'd already put it out there, I think that kind of added to uh, to my excitement the on the call. <laughs> Um, I actually, I, I went back and, uh, and listened to that again yesterday after we got off the phone, I want to make sure I still had it. And, uh, I, I really think because of all that, it kind of added to, added to the call. <laughs> Job Weber is down at second base. He represents the winning run. Keith Stein in the box now. One out here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Verdeen looks back at second, now comes with a pitch to Stein, curveball. There's a high fly ball! This one has a chance! Get out of here, baby! Keith Stein has hit a walk-off home run, and the Bearcats are in the championship game! What a way to finish this one here tonight! Keith Stein, baby! That is what I'm talking about! The Bearcats are dogpiling at home plate! Keith Stein with his 10th home run of the season. And the Cats are in the championship. They will wait for Southeastern Louisiana or Lamar. But um, awesome. t- talk to me about the at-bat and just kind of what you saw and what went through your mind as, as as the ball comes off the bat and starts flying out towards the right center gap. Well, so, you know, I knew – I knew once, you know, Todd put that blunt down and, and I had put, you know, I talked about, you know, Johnson and the reason why I, I, talk, he, I bring up preparing for your moment is, you know, Johnson has a story where one of his former players at A&M, John Shushik, big time All-American, great first baseman uh, back in the late 90s. Um, you know, he walked up to, they're playing Baylor and to win a big 12 championship. And he looked at Johnson, you know, he looked at him and he pointed at his chest and he said, my moment. And, and, you know, end up getting that base hit. Well, that's all I thought about. That's all I thought about as I walked to the plate was, you know, my moment. And, you know, I wasn't cocky enough to look down at Johnson and, and point at my <laughs> chest and do it. But it was a – it was something that I had been preparing for because we played UT Arlington, you know, early in the year. And and I got up, you know, in the same spot where, uh, you know, we I think we were down by one, but we had a runner at second base, but we had two outs. And – you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be the guy. So I was like going, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put a ball in a gap right here. I'm going to just be big. I'm going to do this thing. I ended up popping up to the infant. You got so mad because I, I, I made the moment so big. Well, I walking up to the plate and I go, heck, I've been preparing for this for weeks. This is it. I'm ready. And I, I had never felt so free and easy, you know, just like I, 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 I had a little extra swagger about myself. If I know that's, if you want to sound that cocky or whatever, but I felt, free you know I felt felt easy and you know when I stepped in the box I said okay I'm looking for fastball on the outside part of the plate I'm going to take the ball left center field I'm going to do it just sit back and drive and when I got you've got a you've got a runner at second so yeah you're you're set up to hit a gap and and win the game exactly so I set up you know I'm set up to you know I you know I you know he's like not he wasn't a hard throwing left he was going to throw you know 85 86 but and I you know I'm my my gap was that left center field gap, and I knew that I had to hit the ball hard to get it past 
you know, Chase Williams, another guy that I played high school baseball with. And he's the guy that hit that big three run shot early in the game. And, but he was, he was a great center fielder. So I knew I had, I, I had to hit the ball hard to get the ball past him. Well, the guy comes up, comes set and, you know, I'm ready to go. He throws me a just and a first pitch breaking ball. And I was not going to swing at it halfway. I wasn't going to. And then I was like, Oh my God, that's hanging. And I just kind of, it felt, you know, any baseball player can, can tell you when you actually smoke a ball, it feels, feels like you just barely swing. And I felt like I barely swung and I hit it. And when I did it, I hit it. I kind of flipped my bat up in the air and put my arms up in the air. Cause I knew, I knew I beat chase out in center. I knew it got past him. I knew he wasn't going to catch it. I didn't realize that I hit it over the flagpoles to right <laughs> to the field <laughs> until I got to around first base. And, you know, I hit first base and my dad was, my dad and all the other dads were the guys that were out and right uh, up on the hill and right field. They were out there doing, you know, they'd always go out there and, and uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say they had beverages, but, <laughs> but, they, but they would always grill and do they, stuff like they that. They enjoyed themselves up there. Yeah. They had a great time. Well, and so I, you know, I put my finger up and I pointed at him and, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was floating around the bases and I'll tell you a story about that here in a second, but. Uh, so I put my finger up, I point at him and I'm just floating around the bases and I hit coach. And, you know, I, you know, once I hit third base, I came around, I, I, I mean, I, I might've killed somebody if, if my helmet would have landed on because I threw the dang thing so high. <laughs> it just, you know, it's just a, you know, it's one of those moments where, you know, I remember every, every detail as if it was, you know, if it happened yesterday, it was so crazy. But to go back, so funny, funny story. So my first coaching job I ever got in college was, was at A&M Corpus Christi. And excuse me, Scott Malone was the head coach. It was his first year was my, was our, was 2008. So I beat his team with that walk-off home run. And he, uh, you know, he found out that I played for Sam and this and the other. And he goes, Hey, who's that guy that airplane the airplane around the bases after he hit home run? And I go airplane around the bases. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he hit first base and he airplaned it to second base. And I go, all right, first thing, I know for a fact he did not, uh, he did not airplane at second base. I knew his dad sit out, sitting out in right, right field and he was pointing at him. And he goes, he goes, well, it looked like he was airplane. I go, I swear to God, I did not airplane around the base. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, that was you. <laughs> and he held that, he held that against me forever. So just a, just a funny story that, that I had to. I had to put it out there. Well, you guys come off that game, and y'all had to turn around and beat Lamar uh, in the championship, and you put 15 on the board. Was there any doubt uh, you guys were gonna were gonna win that game after what y'all had not, gone through the night before? No, not at all. And the the craziest thing about it, if go back and if you if you ever get a chance, go back and look at 2008 and look at what we did to Lamar that year. We put up, and I think because we played them, we played them down in Edinburgh, and we put up 18 runs down there. All of them. Then we played them three times at Lamar, and beat them. I think I think the lowest we scored was 11 runs. So we put up like 16, 17, and 11 runs in three games there, and then we scored Four, 15 on them. 14 to three, <laughs> nine to eight, and 15 to 12. So we just killed the ball. And then we beat them like 18 to three and in Edinburgh. It's in, like our second game Edinburgh, of the year. 18 to seven in Edinburgh. 18 yeah. to seven. But we just, I mean, we put up so many runs on that pitching staff. And it was just, you know, we just, we couldn't do anything wrong off of them. You know, if we hit, put a ball in play, you know, it was, it was just crushed. And, and I think, 
I that was when Bobby Burbick. I think Bobby Burbick that year had you know, he had maybe twelve home runs. I think he hit seven of them off of Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> just killed him. And so, but it, you know, it, 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 that that was just it was just icing on the cake. And the fact that we got to do it at home and and yeah you know, yeah you know, <laughs> man, Huntsville was so much fun that night. We talked a little bit about this yesterday as we were chatting, and, um, you know, I want you to touch on this, but, you know, when you look at uh, the history of Sam Houston baseball really over these last uh, 13 years in the program that it's become, um, what does it mean to you having really been a part of the foundation of what this program became on a national stage? The uh, it's best feeling in the world. I mean, you, it's one of those ones where you always look back on, on you know how your how your team's doing and how you know is it being taken care of. You know you want your, you want you want the program being taken care of. You know you want the image right. You know if, there's, if things are done a certain way, then you know winning ball games is take, is going to take care of itself. And that's you know big big time props to to Bobby Williams and, and the administration over there because. You know, after Johnson leaves and, and you have, you know, have certain things, you, you, it's hard to, it's hard to pass it on from Coach Johnson. Coach Johnson is, 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 is one of, you know, he's so unique to the game of baseball. And, you know, you go out and get, uh, you know, you go out and get Pierce who, who just runs with it. You know, he does everything and runs with it. And then Deggs does the same thing. And then, you know, it, it goes on and on and you see how it, it's built on itself. And it's, you know, you, you get coach, you, you get, you get the right coaches, you get the right players, you get the right, you know, culture, uh, you know, into this. It's, it becomes something that it's just, it's just passed down. The program takes care of itself and, and it being part of that foundation and part of how things have kind of turned in, in the direction they have, man, it, there's no better feeling because you know, the program is being taken care of, you know, and that's, you know, yeah, you can, you can put it on, you can put it on the players and put it on the coaches, but you, know, you got to have the administration and the sport of school and, and the university to, to, to allow, you know, certain things and allow the program to be supported, you know, throughout the community, but, you know, financially and putting money back into the program and, and allowing it to, to build, you know, build itself and, and support it along the way. It's, it's the best feeling in the world to see how far, you know, that, you know, just coming back to, you know, coming back to the dawn and just, you know, the turf is beautiful and, and the, the, the indoor facility is beautiful. The locker room is unreal now. I mean, heck, it's, when I was there, we had snapback hats and just full gilded, you know, 100% cotton <laughs> t-shirts that, that, uh, that, 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 that was our practice gear. And then, you know, it's, you know, we, we had, you know, one pair of cleats and, 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 you know, we, we're by no means were we not taken care of, but it's just to see, you know, now you're sponsored by Under Armour and, and you got this, you know, the, the Don has taken just, you know, padded walls and just a new, you know, just taken to the, to the level you wanted it, you want it to be. You, you never want it, you know, you, you just want it to be taken care of and it's been nothing but. So I don't know, did you get a chance to watch, were you watching the Texas Tech game uh, when they advanced to the Super Absolutely. Regional? Absolutely. So Absolutely. What, uh, what, was, what were the emotions like for you watching the Bearcats punch that ticket to the Super Regional? 
talk, I run around the house. I, I just, you sit there and you watch and you watch and you watch and you like, and, and you feel, you know, you're emotionally invested. You, you, this is your team. This is where, you know, you, you graduated from, you know, that, you know, when they put Bearcats on the front, it, it means something to everybody, everybody who has, who's gone through Sam and gone through this program and invested that much into, uh, you know, emotionally, physically, the blood, sweat, you know, everything that goes into it, you know, it, it all accumulates into, okay, this is where, this is where we, we started it. They're finishing they're They've set a, a new standard. They're raising the bar and that's where you want it to be. It was just, you know, you're running around and you're texting, you know, texting your family and calling your dad and screaming. It, it was awesome. It, you know, it's exactly, exactly what you want uh, everybody to feel. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us, uh, Keith. Uh, it's it's a weird time in sports. It's a weird time in college athletics. Uh, I needed I needed to talk some baseball, so I'm glad you were able to to come on and, and chat. Uh, I I can tell you, um, I've I've called in the last I don't know twelve years. I've probably called five or six walk off home runs now. But uh, you were my first. I'll never forget it. It's still probably. <laughs> Uh, one of my one of my favorites of all time. It it may be a little over the top, but I'm not going to apologize no. for that. Hey, don't ever apologize <laughs> for it. I wish it was one of those ones that be on nowadays because that would have immediately made Sports Center. <laughs> it immediately have been in the top ten, and it, 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 it what made it better. Yeah, the situation was great and walk off, but watching the video and watching the pure emotion coming out in you is makes it that much better. All right, makes it, it just makes it perfect. So I, I appreciate it. you yep. giving me. Yeah, appreciate you giving me a call. Thank you for, for letting me, you know, talk baseball, reminiscing on, on what happened, heck, 11, 12, 13 years ago. God, I'm getting old. But, you know, just, it, man, I, c- I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. Hey, next time let's get together. Let's, let's sit out at the dawn and let's catch a game and talk some more. Absolutely. All right, have a good one. You too. That's going to do it for this episode of Chasing the Cup. I want to thank Keith Stein for joining us here today. Remember, voting will open back up on Thursday, so go to Twitter at Bearcat Sports. Get your picks in as we're working our way down to the Final Four, and we'll talk all about it next week here on Chasing the Cup. If you like what you're hearing from us this year, be sure to rate and review the show. If you aren't subscribing, you can do so on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Chasing the Cup is recorded in the Bearcat Sports Network studios in the new Wood Forest Athletic Center. This week's episode was written and produced by Jason Barfield. Broadcast calls are courtesy ESPN. The songs Hot Shot and Clear Progress are courtesy ScottHolmesMusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network.